Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the... Oh, wait, I'm, I'm being interrupted. It, it seems that the um, Robertson-Hence-Pavelski line has scored again, which is weird because we're recording on Wednesday, but, you know... Well, anyways, welcome to Stargazing. We'll go ahead and dive right in. Hello, Mark. Thank you for joining me. KT, recording us as always. How's it going, man? Going great. Nice to have a winning streak to talk about. It's a, we're going streaking. You know, it's it's wins plural. It's been a while. Um, Dallas does not... Sadly, they, they do not match the record in futility of the 1943-1944 New York Rangers. They fell uh, end up falling three games shy of the NHL's all-time streak for consecutive non-regulation wins to start a season. Um, thanks to, to Philadelphia and, um, and, and thanks to Detroit for, for ruining that. But um, it's, it's a good... It's a, especially this season. It's a good stars podcast when the only real complaints that we can have are that they didn't make a a bad record in, in NHL history. I think that's a pretty good starting point. Am I am I crazy? Well, I, the, you know, the question is what happened that uh, that changed things. That's that's kind of what you always look at and hear. You know, is it is it uh, the fact that uh, that. Coach Bonus knew uh, knew all along what he needed to fix, and and he just finally did it. Just decided or, to, wait, decided to yeah. wait eleven games before he got to got to it. Well, you know, some horses are, are are finished down the stretch, and so sometimes you have to let a couple out to the lead. Um, you know what? Like maybe maybe the Halloween it decorations that have been in the garage. I I know how to fix that problem. I just you know haven't yet because it's hard and I don't want to. Yeah. Well, you know, was it an all team, uh, all hands meeting, uh, players only? Uh, maybe it was uh, the insertion of Riley Tufty into the lineup. <laughs> but what was he really inserted? Do we know that for sure? I think I saw there was some <laughs> long blonde hair and uh, on the ice, and I, I vaguely remember that that Hintz had his hair cut, so it probably wasn't him. Can't be him. Can't be him. Or maybe it's just Blake Como was was apparently dragging the whole thing down. Well, I'm pretty sure I could recognize the difference between Como's hairdo and Tufty's hairdo. <laughs> That's fair. So we got a lot of stuff. We just 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 in this moment, we've we've uncorked a lot of things. We're going to talk, of course, about the last two stars wins. There's a lot of stuff going under the hood that may or may not be contributing. There's some some good, some some infuriating. And the first thing I want to talk about is the old uh, the old dead cat bounce, Mark. And, and we've got two wins now for our beloved stars back to back. They're stacking them up. Do you think, and I'm going to put you in, in the unenviable position of, of giving you a very fair, a very unfair, sorry, binary question to answer. Do we feel like this, these past two wins are more attributable to playing a pair of teams, one of those teams potentially quite bad on the second night of a back-to-back? Or do we attribute those, those wins to improvements, systemic improvements and adjustments that our stars are making? Yes. <laughs> that, that is, is you gave me a binary choice and so i will choose yes um i i think i mean one i i think you just have some general regression to the mean you have uh you're finally at home you're a little set the uh you know, if nothing else maybe you have a little bit of a return to form where they 
reinstituted the lines they'd been practicing with in the preseason. It's and they're, works, right? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're amazingly trying to put together at least three lines that can put the puck in the net. So and, they're, yeah, a bunch of things. Yeah, and I think that's true, right? The, the old adage, the, the, the optimist in me, right? pulls out the old adage that you can only play the team in front of you, right? So it's 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 not really fair to hold the stars accountable for the fact that the teams that they're beating are bad ones. And it's not like, you know, there were some moments where it got a little bit tight against Detroit. You know, I would have liked for them to do better with a three nothing lead than make it three to two. But at the same time, it's it's hard to say that Dallas exactly struggled in, in either of the wins, which is a nice thing to say. Uh, I would say, counter that though the cynic in me um, says that you know this is also this, these are games that Dallas was either losing or failing to win in regulation earlier this season. So while we might have to wait for a more significant showdown to know how much of a difference has actually occurred, right? How much of this is is new and exciting? It, it is impossible to watch those two games and not see at least some progress, even if, as you said, it's just regression or it's just you know going back to the thing that you practiced for the month heading into the season. <laughs> Well, and the, the one thing that I've noticed is that in the last two games, there's been a much more aggressive pinch from the from the point. Mm-hmm. And that tends to just activate the whole offense. And it does require the trust that there's going to be a forward back so you don't give up the odd man rush. But uh, that's really worked. And it's gotten them off to, uh, to uh, at least in the game against Detroit, a decent start. Um, you know, we, we can we can kind of thank Hudobin for the for the first period um, of the Philadelphia game. But beyond that, you had aggressive pinching. And the big problem comes in that if you do finally get a lead, the last thing you're going to do is pinch. And so all of a sudden you turn things around 180 degrees and you go into a hard hurdle, which is which is, I think, what you saw in the second half of the second period against Detroit. Yeah, and that's a that's a Dallas Stars classic as well. The hard turtle. They might as well, you know, it's the the victory green. Perhaps is more turtle green. But yeah, it's 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 a especially for a team that that Dallas they they do sometimes right. Hints can do it, or sorry, Heiskanen can do it, as can um, as can Klingberg. But a lot of the times, this is a team that wants to dump the puck into the zone, and when you do that right you're you're going to have a forward on the aggressive pursuit and and you're going to have the the two and the three f's filling in behind it and if you're going to run the dump and chase you're going to need defensemen activating for those you know because the easiest way often if you're just trying to kill offense right the easiest way to beat the dump and chase is win the race to the puck and just keep flinging it up the wall right because you know you've got the guy chase you know the guy on your backside is is out of the play and he's probably got help so if you can get a a hard puck up along the wall then you're going to challenge somebody and when you don't have a defense that's willing to activate those turn into chip outs or sustained possession or just clearances and it breaks the whole the whole thing so I, i think you're right the fact that dallas's defense has been a lot you know has been a lot better since klingberg got back i would say he you know it's it's a reminder of the his importance to that group but they they've done a better job of of getting into the attack and and all of a sudden dallas isn't trying to play 3 on 5 offensively right it's it's 5 on 5 and and they're they're not being outmanned all of the time and it's it's leading to some of what we're seeing well, and I think it's a conscious choice that that's what they're doing, and I'm not sure if that's something that the players decided to do or whether that's something that the coaching staff decided to implement. My biggest concern is that it, it is 100% percent 
different than what they do the rest of the time. And so I don't know how you how you kind of halfway, you know, if how you get success is by aggressively pinching from the point, but then you absolutely refuse to do that once you have a lead, there's no continuity to your game. And all of a sudden you go from the extreme of being dangerous in the offensive zone to not being able to get out of the defensive zone because you aren't willing to take a chance. Uh, yeah, and it's it it goes to I think the overall mentality that we see sometimes, especially in the older school of NHL coaches. I remember there was an anecdote once, and I, I believe it was it was either Mike Keenan or Scotty Bowman, uh, and this is back in you know the heyday of the Detroit Red Wings and the Al McInnes Blues and, and those teams, and it was it was it was the Red Wings because they were talking about um, they were talking about Primo, and it was it was talking about how whenever Detroit would score, Bowman always liked to follow that shift up with the third line because he wanted to make sure the other team didn't get one back. And that was a very like clutch and grab era mentality. And I think it, it's something that persists. And, and I'm not even saying that was wrong because those Detroit teams were all world. This was pre cap their third line, lots of, lots of reasons that it could work. But I, I think that as a framing philosophy, when you, when you look at the way that a team like the Dallas stars operates, right. To applying that same philosophy to an entire game, there's, there's almost this mentality of, well, you know, you do it one way to get the lead, but you can't possibly keep doing it that way to keep the lead. You've got to do something different. And right. it, it it's maddening, frankly, because how many times have we seen, you know, Dallas head into the third period with, you know, one or two goal advantage and then spend 20 minutes just getting caved in. Right. And, and the thing is, I, I really don't have that big of a problem with the turtle, but the you can't go into a turtle that doesn't leave you at least one offensive threat. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why you always have this this guy who's out there, uh, usually a winger, who is going to potentially blow the zone at any given point. And that keeps the defense honest. And if they don't stay honest and they try and be aggressive on their side, then what that leads to are breakaways. And so by having that offensive threat out there, you can in some way still turtle, but you can still have a chance to expand the lead. And that's, I think the thing that's missing from the, from the stars turtle is that when they turtle, they hard turtle. I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, the, the best that can happen is almost an icing. Yeah. And it's, it's a shame to, because I think it, it, it plays in my opinion, it plays against this team's strength because the, the defense of the Dallas stars is is in my opinion excellent but their strengths aren't of the variety of yeah you can have the puck but we're going to force you outside block everything and nothing's getting on net like the strength of the dallas defense is you make one mistake and then miro's six steps into the neutral zone yeah you know puck yep. on a and stick you- or you know klingberg gets the puck in the offensive zone and it's going to take 20 minutes to get it off so it's it it goes in in my opinion like you're saying that that hard turtle that mentality of we're just going to to you know, bunker down that plays against this team's strengths because they're not a particularly strong team in terms of just bowing up and stopping things from happening. Right. If if they were, they they have invested even more than they already have in big aggressive D men, and and that's not what they have, and and it's not the way that they're going either. I mean, the, the next guy up is going to be Harley, and Harley's not going to be somebody who's going to win all those battles in the corner and plow people out of the crease. He's going to be somebody who who is defensive through his offense and being able to clear the zone is just as successful a defensive strategy as as, as keeping everything to the outside. 
I mean, you know what remind you know what this reminds me of the the last not his last season his second to last season that last really good Lindy Ruff Dallas Stars team that that you know led the division scored a bushel of empty net goals and I remember some interviews with the players at the time talking about how that team's mentality was we will take the icing to shoot on the empty net. Because they understood that, you know, if you look at the the risk calculus, like, yes, there is absolutely a chance that missing a shot leads to a face-off and le- losing that face-off leads to a chance and losing that face-off that leading to that chance leads to the goal that ties the game. Like all of that can absolutely happen and it shouldn't and it's bad and we shouldn't do it and we should fear it, blah, 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 right? But on the flip side, if it works and if you score, the game is over. Like, look what happened in Detroit, right? They're getting all sorts of pressure. They're, they're, you know, they have enjoyed a fairly active, aggressive third period of play. Pulled the goalie, attacking the net. Lind, uh, Lindy, Lindy Ruff, I wish. <laughs> bonus throws out, uh, bonus throws out Robertson and hence his group. Robertson gets the the empty net goal game over, right? Well, Go yeah, home, you know, well, beat the traffic. And, and that's, you know, who got the assist on that goal? That was Glenn Dennett. So that that's why you're good in on the dot is for situations like that where you can give up the icing, but then you control the face off and you get another shot at the net. So, and the, so yeah, and that's one of the stars' strengths. And they don't, but and but maddeningly, and I think what struck me is they have, and, and we're going to get, we might as well get into it right now because you've been you've been looking at some some usage statistics. But I will say that as a, you know, they have not always had that blend. It's you know, yes, Glenn Dinning was a part of that goal. Winning a faceoff was important, but this team hasn't always been good about, you know, trusting. And off in that situation, they've been much more likely to have the FCC line out there and get nothing done in the hopes that just nothing continues to happen versus at least to your point, putting one or two threatening players on the ice to just maybe kill the whole thing altogether. Right, exactly. And if you take a look at at usage and uh, David was was tweeting about this just early this evening, uh, you take a look at usage when they're when they're trying to hold the lead and it's the Glenn Dennings, the faxes, the the raffles, it's it's what we would consider our fourth liners who are getting the majority of the ice time. You know, it's not even the Bens and the Sagans of the world. It's it's literally the guys who are going to grind it out. And you know, if, if that's their purpose, fine. I'm not sure that uh, that having guys who aren't going to be able to do something with the puck if they get it is not worth the you know. They're skilled guys for a reason. Let them demonstrate the skill. Yeah, I mean, I'm I am the type. I, I'm an avowed. I think it is a, a mistake. You know, it goes back to like what what are, what are you worried about with this team, right? What do you have to keep your eye on? What do you have to protect against? And the answer to that really isn't, you know, Raffle Glendening. Boxa, right? Those those aren't the guys you're worried about. So in a situation where you have ostensibly have control of the game, why would you give that control back by throwing out guys the other team doesn't need to worry about? Right, exactly. Exactly. And and you know, I, I suppose the counter argument is that they're the ones who are gonna win the battles along the board. Um but on the other hand, they're also gonna be the ones who are gonna gonna give up the shots because they're chasing the puck. So I'm presuming it's been going on for several years that this is the intent. And uh, whether we like it or not, this is kind of the way Dallas finishes off games. 
Yeah, so. I think it's a it's a legacy of a of a lighter roster, right? You you have to think back to you know the Hitchcock. Really, this goes back to those last, you know, the the post um, the post Sharp, right? For a while, Ruff had that that Hemsky Sharp group that that while it wasn't, you know, capital E elite, it was an effective kind of second wave of attack. But it, it harkens back to you know all of a sudden they lost that, and, and this team spent, you know, several years as a, a really a one line team. And I think yep. that what you're seeing, and, and you know, yes, and and while they've improved, this is the same. You know, it's it's different coach at the head of it all. But like, bonus was part of you know the 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 lineage from Hitchcock to to Montgomery to bonus is not exactly one with you know remarkable turns and changes in style, right? Like, there's philosophically, those are three very similar coaches and and they've sort of evolved this approach for this team where you know realistically before you know in the pre-Miro days you had John Klingberg and nobody else that could really move the puck on the back line and you had one effective offensive line that had some defensive warts and then a bunch of guys that that plug stuff up and so I think that this you know, this approach works for a team that is more limited, right? You throw the big line out there, you race out to a lead, and then you, you grab it as tight as you can and hope you hold on, right? It works there because you can't, you know, you can't ride Ben Radulov Sagan into the into the dirt and expect to win anything. But I think the problem is this this team, you know, Jim Nell has done a good job acquiring pieces. And and this is not a team to your point. There's there's three lines now. So this, they're no longer at this stage where, okay, we, we get a lead, but we got to worry about how much gas is in the tank of the good guys and, and start to, play, to pair them back, right? This is now a team that's like, well, it's, it's the Robertson line and it's, it's you, know, Sagan's, you know, Sagan's got five goals this season. Jamie Benn scored in a couple. He scored again last game with a nice tip. Um, you know, Robertson, I, 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 pulled a, I pulled a stat before we got on the air tonight. The, the, uh, you know, Jason Robertson returned to lineup on October 27th. And in that time, that's eight games. And in that those eight games, the Robertson hence Pavelski line has generated nine goals, twelve assists, and twenty-one points in eight games. Right. So I think this team has just it, it's outgrown the approach that they use sometimes. And it's it's time to think about more than just well, let's let's you know, oh gosh, we've got we've got a two-goal lead. Let's just end the game right now and hope they don't score three. Right. And I, and I think. You know, right now having a lead is such a novelty for this team that, that maybe they've <laughs> fallen back on uh, on some old habits, and so we'll see uh, as this as this season kind of gets into its middle middle phase here. We'll see whether that's something that's going to hold up, because to tell you the truth, if you don't play the skilled guys uh, when you're turtling right now. Uh, and you're only stuck with uh, with with the guys who you would expect to be out there when they're turtling. You don't have enough guys, and you're going to wear them out. You're going to wear them out, so. and, and you get into other things. Like, you're going to wear them out. They're going to get t- – we, we've seen this. You're going to wear them out. They're going to get tired. They're going to take penalties. You're going to give up power plays. Then the other bit of that is, like, the flip side of it is, remember how brutal it was last season, how hard Dallas had to work to get on the power play. Right. The reality is if you're if if you're throwing in critical situations over and over and over again, if you're throwing the the you know the the FAXA Glendenning and um you know Raffles of the world over the boards, you're probably not winning the penalty battle. And yep. you know, you're just although, t- although Raffle does uh, does lead the team in drawing penalties. <laughs> 
I mean, but and that's that's perhaps unfair to him because he is sort of the Jason Dickinson guy that that now seems to bounce between. He's more of a middle six piece than a bottom six piece, I'd say, based on yep. you know how the the coaches like to use. So he, that that may have been an unfair inclusion. But you know the 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 guys at the bottom, you know, you're not gonna you're not going to draw a ton of penalties. And so all of a sudden you wind up in a situation, well, golly, Dallas is pretty good, but they can't ever get on the job. And it's, it's because they're, you don't, when you're turtling, it's the classic, like the team, you don't want to be the team that's leading in hits because if you're leading in hits, you probably don't have the puck. Right. Right. Exactly. If if you're turtling, you don't have the puck. Yeah. And and you're, you're throwing raffle into the conversation because, because, Tufty wasn't in the game ever, so uh, so he, he he got to do double duty, including on the uh, on the grinder line. Well, in Tufty's defense, his 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 line mates had to kill penalties, therefore he couldn't play. If I track the logic, and, and let me let me pause there. I'm going to ask you a question very quickly. What what do you find were, were of of bonusisms, bonesisms? What do you find more frustrating? The time that he didn't. The, the time that he responded to ice time issues for Henson Gurionov by admitting that he just kind of forgot about them or talking about giving, you know, Tufty four minutes and change in his NHL debut, debut because Tufty's line mates had to kill penalties. <laughs> I, I just like hockey speak. So uh, anything, anything that uh, forces you to read the tea leaves to, to understand what's really going on in some, I like, I like where we're at. <laughs> very is yeah, the, the that's just means whatever you want it to mean so i i love it let's you know it's the same it's the coaching equivalent of the upper body lower body injury it's all about obfuscation so you don't want to have people know what you're thinking Bonk. yeah it's it's it was a bonkers thing to read and you know it gets into the 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 classic and and the they may have inherited, although we'll see if it holds up over the course of the season. It gets into the classic, like, you know, why call, why bother calling Tufty up if you're going to play him four minutes? Like, what's the purpose there? What is, what really, and this may be us as outsiders not getting it right. Maybe he, he gleans quite a bit, but like, what, what do you learn in four minutes of, of time on the ice in the NHL these days? Well, I, I mean, let me, let me kind of take the other side of this. Um, one, Tufty's got to love it because he's cashing an NHL paycheck instead of yeah, an that's, NHL that's paycheck. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, so that's that's a lot of diapers. Um, <laughs> and he saves I'll, on I'll, he saves on detergent because you don't have to wash your jersey if you only skate in it for four minutes. <laughs> true. Um, I, the the other side is that the next time he gets called up, it's not he he's not the wide eyed kid anymore. He's he's kind of been through this before. And so even if it's just two games, even if it's three, four games, whatever you want to do before he ends up back in the AHL, which, which I think he very, very quickly will be, um, he's, he's had his little baptism and, and that's a learning experience. It may not be an ice hockey learning experience, but it's a human learning experience. He knows what the locker room feels like. He knows what his routines going into the game are like. So, and, and that kind of translates. He, he, he makes connections. He knows, he knows what that locker room feels like. So this has benefits. And I kind of hope that we, you know, I, I would love to see a week or so from now to have Oscar Bach go through that same thing. Yeah. And there's no reason why this, why, why we can't use you know, 
the Texas Stars as a little feeder, even if we don't get a whole lot out of the players, one, just to see how they react. And I think it's Zach a- will actually do that, do very well when he comes up. But also, to, it, it, it's a step to be in there. And it's it's interesting. I, I like that you mentioned that because it reminds me. I was I was having a conversation recently, in, in a in the local rec league with with you know a, a former pro and, and just talking about some some interesting attitude adjustments on my side and talking about the misconception sometime of like when we look at those those depth players, like it is very hard to play eight minutes as a fourth liner in an NHL game because you don't get any, like from a mentality standpoint, you're asked to do all of the bad stuff, right? Hit, block shots, back check, right? Play defense. Like you're asked to do all of the things that are hard and not necessarily, you know, emotionally rewarding for eight minutes a night, right? You're going to spend longer in the locker room, longer in the warmups, longer, you know, it'll, it'll take you longer to put your gear on and off than you'll actually play. And it, it really, hearing it articulated that way really gave me this appreciation of, to sort of what you're talking about there there is kind of an art to identifying guys that are going to contribute at the level that you need to contribute knowing that hey guess what i'm getting 12 minutes tonight and if i play if i play out of my mind it might be 15 right and it's it's a much different player that's willing to do what they do during that time frame than it it potentially is for a guy that knows he's going to get 18, 19, 20 minutes, be on a power play, right? There's there's a different mentality requirement to some of those players. So it, it is – I did think about that a little bit when calling up. I, I don't know. Four, four minutes seems pretty futile, right? Like at, at the, you're kind of getting with, – with that, you're kind of getting to the point of like why not why not just – Give give a couple of cookies out to the rest of the roster, you know, distribute those minutes. It's just it seems. Yeah, a why not? Why not run seventeen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like where, where Hanley needs a little little time on the ice. Yeah, like, I mean, get a contest winner, right? <laughs> right. Radio, radio raffle, take a face off for the Dallas Stars. Now, the one thing I will say, and, and this is somewhat in in bonuses uh, defense, uh, I when when you're when you're just called up, you're in some ways figuring out where you belong on the ice mm-hmm. and and I, it's kind of a hockey truism that great players the puck finds them and so with a with a new player i kind of look for just how often i hear the name come from the broadcasters because that kind of tells me that the puck's finding them what, and, what were your, and, how did and, you and, how do you feel that that tufty comported himself i think tufty had a tough time finding the puck and some of that may have been who he was playing with. His game, I think, is redundant with some of those guys, if that yep. makes sense. Yep. Um, but on the other hand, somebody like Peterson, Peterson has a way where you know you hear his name. Oh, he um, should have scored. Oh, my gosh. He yeah. should have scored. That was beautiful. It's a brilliant it was, save. It's a brilliant but, save. But that's kind of, you know, that that's the same general way of how Kivaranta found his way in the lineup. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the puck finds him, and and, and when you the puck keeps finding you over the course of a couple of different seasons, all of a sudden you're an NHLer. Yep, it's, and it's the it, the stupid Bull Durham line, right? Another another blip, another bloop, another bleep single here and there, and I'm a I'm an an MLB player, right? He's he's talking yep. old old crash. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and, and you know that's you know Gurianov's first goal was that a pretty one. <laughs> you know, it was a you know, minor deflection off of, off of his trousers. 
<laughs> but that's that's the first of many. So again, some there's something to just being there and and getting in the flow. And yeah, I'm it, glad Tucky had the chance. I am as well. And, and I want to go ahead and, and latch on to a couple of things you said. They're talking about talking about ice time, talking about reputation, talking about younger players, talking about noticing things. I will say that you know he he didn't. I don't believe checking my notes. I don't believe he had any points um, in that win, but I will say the last three or four games, I've been very, very impressed with Gurionov. He's created, he had that one, uh, he had the one cross crease pass against Detroit that, that deserved a goal on the end of it. Like he has, there have been three or four moments each game where he is tangibly creating offensive opportunities and, and has been demanding attention in a way that, that, makes me very happy and very excited as a fan of this team. Right. And, and, you know, he's kind of where, where hints was a couple weeks ago, where, where you can kind of see the beginnings of everything starting to click, but it hasn't shown up on the score sheet yet. And you just and, hope and I fully agree <laughs> with yep. his history. You hope they keep him out there long enough for it to start clicking. Well, but the, you know, that's a larger question. And, and the question is whether, whether we're willing to stick with the Guriana Ben pairing, which in my mind is is kind of perfect for both of them. Uh, but mean, if you don't stick with it, looked real it, good, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you were looking completely at results, you probably wouldn't have uh, kept Robertson and Hintz and Pavelski together. Uh, uh, you know, after just a couple games, they looked really good on expected goals, but they didn't really show up until now. Now all of a sudden, it's a cascade. Yeah, and, and and it's one of those. I like the the term cascade because if you get one line going with talent throughout the lineup, conceivably you get the other lines going as well. And and you know I, I like as well. There have been some spots where Gurionov has joined Hints on the ice. He had uh, I think it was on Hints's first of the season, maybe in a second. But um, Gurionov had a very nice pass right at the top of the crease across for for a you know slam dunk effectively from from Rupe. So it's it's been it is as a as as a longtime member of the, if you're going to have a Gurionov, you need to use a Gurionov club. Um, I have been very encouraged with what I've seen from him over the last couple of games, and frankly, what I've seen from the coaches relative to him. Because again, if you're gonna gonna have a guy like that in your lineup, it makes no sense at all not to use him. Well, and in in my mind with Gurionov, and this has kind of grown through this year, is that he's now gotten to the point where I'm not viewing Gurianov as somebody who is not just part of the core. Yeah. And he just, he, he's there and some, some nights he's going to get 18 minutes and some nights he's going to get 12 minutes. And I don't really care, you know, because that's going to be the way the game worked out. And I'm not, I'm not worried that somebody's inhibiting his minutes. Just same way. I'm not really looking out there and saying, well, you know, Faxa got 18 minutes and oh, he's getting way too much or Faxa got 12 minutes. And does that mean he's not getting enough playing time or who, who knows? It, you know, he's part of the core forward group and he gets the number of minutes that he gets based on the, the state of the game. See that's fascinating to me because I I pers- I'm not quite where you are with Gurianov yet. I'm I'm maybe it's just I've been burned too much in the past. I would like for him to be in that group, but I guess you know maybe maybe he needs to go for me a month without getting healthy scratched for a pretty poor reason. I, I don't know. I 
I, I, I hear what you're saying about the rest of the group, and I would certainly like to see Garan up there, and he's certainly teasing it, but I, I, I still think there is a little bit too much with him inconsistency in who he plays with, and it, it makes me, you know, hints may bounce around a little bit, and his minutes may fluctuate a little bit based on special teams and a couple of other factors, but like the other core guys you're talking about, Hintz has at least reached the point where he's always going to be on a scoring line and he's always going to be with potentially facilitators. It's been a very long time since he's been turfed with, um, you know, with, with the, the bottom six in that lineup and Gurionov isn't quite there yet. Some, some nights he skates uh, as, as a winger with, with, you know, Jamie Ben or Sagan or, or somebody like that. And other nights he just doesn't. And it's maddening for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll, agree to some of that i think part of it just is that he's one of the few guys that are out there that uh, that's a power play guy but not a pk yep. guy yeah and, that's very and, true. and so so it makes him kind of a kind of a unique duck and so if we end up with a lot of pk it affects him if we end up with a lot of power play it affects him because those rotations get get screwed up yeah that's true and 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 you might be right and, and here you know i'm hoping that you know he had I am hoping that that we are about to much like hints, right? That he'll eventually hit a stretch where the the inconsistencies level themselves out a little bit, and I, I don't know that he'll be the all world level that hints has reached. But I, you know, if if he can if he can iron out some of the words, then he'll be a mainstay in, in offensive situations, and the stars will be better now, uh, better for it. And of course, um, you know, contrasting with hints, who is just <laughs> you mentioned the reg- regression earlier. There there is no player in the in the feels like on the planet right now that is benefiting from the regression monster striking more than than hence is yep yep <laughs> and, and and i just love watching it and to, his to goal scare- against detroit was disgusting but exactly but he's still hitting pipes too i mean as good as he's been over the last week or so he's still hitting pipes yeah so it could be even better it could i mean it's 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 always amazing to me given the just aggregate level of talent, right? We're talking about the best players in the world. Even, even the worst player in the NHL is the best player you've ever seen, right? It's it's amazing talking specifically about Hintz's goal for, versus Detroit. It's amazing when you see an NHL goaltender just get straight up beat, right? Yeah. Not, a, not, a, not a deflection, not a screen, not a flub coming off the stick, just a straight up, you know, I'm going to put the puck somewhere where I don't think you can get there, catch it if you can. And, you know, one of those just pillows out, it's beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. Just it, it, warms, it was, it, warms the heart. We we saw one going the other way with Larkin's call yeah, too. Tr- very true. <laughs> that was nasty. Um, it was a it was a night for it. But um, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic all season. He's finally getting rewarded for it, and you can just sort of see it. I don't. I don't personally think it was a coincidence that all of a sudden we started seeing, you know, spurts of production out of Robertson, hence Sagan, Ben, roughly at the same time. Right? That wasn't yeah. an accident. Now, on the other hand, what are you? What are you? Leading off the goal streak against Detroit was uh, was Suter. So in, uh, yeah. How, what, let's talk a little about a bit about the defense. The defense, I think, it, it's interesting. Suter to me talking about guys you notice he feels like he is settled in and i think that that klingberg suitor pairing has been relatively strong there's not a ton he he may just his tenure in dallas may just be as one of those guys that you kind of don't notice which isn't bad for a defender 
not when your partner is John Klingberg. I mean, you know, John Klingberg got Esselindel paid, man. It's not a yeah. bad gig. But I, you know, I've I've been I I've been happy with suit over the last, you know, half dozen games. I think is how I would phrase it. I've been there have been some penalty issues, but you know, there's also been, you know, some smatterings of production and, you know, that's, yeah, that's how you know, he's been part of the power play. It's been effective. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm happy with, with how he's playing. What, what are you, what are your thoughts? Yeah. And I agree. And I, I think they mentioned it on the, on the ESPN broadcast last night. Um, it, it looks like Suter and Klingberg are finally starting to understand where each other are going. Mm-hmm. And Klingberg's injury cannot have helped that situation. Yeah, it took it. I think they were started off fairly well, and then uh, and then they had a couple of weeks they had to take off. And so they're back. Um, they're back. The, the interest. The <laughs> interesting thing is, you know, on any given night between Lindell and Haskinen as one pair, and Suter and Klingberg as another pair, one of those two groups has consistently been dominating. Yeah, and it's not always the same one. And so that's kind of, in my mind, the equivalent of uh, of throwing multiple scoring lines out yeah. there. You, you know, you, you you push in, you try and stop one thing, and 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 something else pops out. Yeah, and, and I think as well, it's 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 given how much defensemen play. Like this is a team that really can play most of the game with one of those two units involved. So on nights when when one of them's going, especially, I mean, Miro's been just a. a all of the stuff that we hoped he would do this offseason has been coming easy. I think he's he's been a roughly point of game player. He's he's been leading in everything. But yeah, I think you're right. Somebody steps up and one pair really clicks and then sometimes both pairs do. Other times you just don't need it. But yeah, I think you're right. They're, they've they've been reliably able to look at at least one guy out of that group or one set of, of guys out of that group and, and know that they're getting a, a big game. So what do you think about Minnesota coming up? It's going to be a test. It, it's going to be, you know, they've they've kind of feasted on some some schedule some schedule victories. Um, they've they've had you know a couple of tired teams come in. They've had some teams that that aren't exactly the the cream of the crop. And now they're getting a team that's ten and five, and they're getting a team that's won six out of their last ten games. And you know, it's it's there's some offensive talent there, and and kind of the old rivalry, and and I think it's um. This is the one that that whether it's fair or not, this is the game that's that's kind of going to define the stretch Dallas has just played. Because if if they come out and it's more of the same, and if they, you know, put a couple past Minnesota, and if they get a if they run the streak to three in a row, then all of the sudden that that unfair binary choice I made you ma- made you make at the part of the, at the start of the podcast starts to shift a little bit. It's like, oh well, yeah, they they stomped some bad teams and they're also playing well against some good teams. So I guess it must be it must be legit. But sadly, right, and and this is partially their own fault for getting off to such a slow start. If if Dallas comes out and and you know looks flat, doesn't play well, doesn't win, like all all of those things, then they're going to face a lot of tough questions about, all right, well, maybe it was a mirage, right? Maybe it was just beating up on, on some crap teams and, and we'll see what happens. Yep. And, and you know, the, the other thing we haven't really talked about is in both the last games, I think the, the goaltending has in, in some areas just saved the game. Mm-hmm. Now, certainly Hudobin in the first period against Philadelphia uh, 
you know, just was was a wall and and kept that game where for the rest of it the stars could do what they did and 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 you know in essence make it a make it a mostly blowout game by the end and then take a look against Detroit uh, Anger had a you know I, I don't feel he gets a whole lot of credit for most of what he did but there were several times out there where he just looked the guy in the eye who was uncovered. And what he didn't do was bite. And, and I found yeah. that very impressive because it, uh, the last time I'd seen Ottinger play was, was when he was with Texas and it, had, it was in a game that went to a shootout and he got scored on both times in the shootout by biting. And so it was good to see him more relaxed and let the play come to him so he could handle it as opposed to getting out there ahead of the play. I agree. So, so I'm going to ask you this, and we're not going to do – rather than ask you what you think will happen, I'm going to ask it in a slightly different way. So based on the the sample size, you know, the 15 games or so you've got sample on Dallas to date, how how do they need to play against the Wild to, to, to find success? I think they need to come out and be somewhat fearless and and – depend on each other, be aggressive on pinching off the, off the point, and uh, just assume that they're going to score goals. Um, I, I think the term that bonus is used is swagger. And uh, this team plays best when it has a little swagger. Its captain plays best when it has a little, when he has a little swagger. And that's what they need to do. They need to quit thinking so much about it, know that they're good at what they do, and execute. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and I'm glad you went there. So because this is a Minnesota team, they've got their their top ten in the league, just barely their tenth, but they're top ten in the league in terms of goals for, right? So I think that going into the game with the mentality of we're just gonna tighten this thing up and and stop it all, that's you know, with Kaprizov and, and all the guys they've got, you know, that's I don't think that's there, the mentality that's likely to produce success. If you go in thinking let's let's play for one nothing, right? Because the flip side is yes, they're they're top ten in the league in terms of goals for, but but they're also you know they've given up forty seven against, right? So they're they're only a plus one in terms of goal differential. And what I mean by that is like you're going to get your chances, right? You're going to have you're going to have your opportunity to score um, against the Minnesota Wild. And so you kind of have to go into it to your point with the mentality of like you can afford to you can afford to take risks and you can afford to try and hunt for goals because this is a team that has shown that it's not elite at preventing them, but it is elite at scoring them. Right. So if you try and get yourself into a lockdown battle, you're you're almost playing to their strengths. Right. Hey, we're going to we're going to try it. it, that, that's my take, at least. I, you know, yeah, you could probably argue, well, yeah, but if you take them out of the game, then you're going to get your chances. I just, I feel like the way this team is going right now, you're seeing signs of life out of the the Hens Robertson, you know, Pavelski line. Jamie Ben's got a couple. Like you, you've got multiple lines rolling all at once. I just think this would be a really bad moment to to park the bus and try and you know try and turtle a win. Yep, and, and I mean we're we're finally this is this is a Central Division matchup. And this team likes to exert itself uh, against central division rivals. And that brings a little more physicality into the mix. Um, and I, I think 
this team goes into games like this expecting to win. And, yeah. and, and so that's what they need to do. They, they need to go in there expecting to win, and they're in the process of setting the standings correct. That ha- and that has to be the mentality, right? It's, yep. it's that they've, and it's also not even from a, you can get all into the morale and the, the, the intangible stuff and like, oh, they've, they've had a sputtering start. It's time to write the ship, blah, blah, blah. But just, just from a points perspective, right? These are at, at some point, Dallas is going to start to, you know, Dallas is going to need to start accruing wins over the teams ahead of them. And Minnesota is one of those teams. And frankly, it's a winnable game. They're not. They're not a juggernaut. And you know, let's let's and, see. And, and we like where we're at right now. We we like where we're at. I, you know, so I, I definitely would like to see Dallas play sixty minutes worth of hockey. I guess tomorrow night is what I'm saying. Yep, I, I think it's uh, it, this is validation. And yep. if you don't validate, you have to take a step back and 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 get back to the position where you're in now they they've worked pretty hard and gone through some pretty traumatic times to get this tiny little win streak and and to let that get interrupted is is more of a step back than they want to take at this point so find yeah, a way to win a step back and i think you're going to look you know you've, you've done the players only meeting you've had a 28 second press conference from your coach like you're going to look awfully silly trying to hang your hat on wins against Philadelphia and Detroit. And not even if they lose, they, there, there are scenarios in which they can lose and, and things are still all right. But if you, if, if the stars come out and, and, and are flat in this game, then that is, that to me is, is the, the worst case scenario, whatever the result is. If you just, this is one you can't afford to come out flat. You finally right. have a chance to get something good going. You know, yep. it's been a miserable season to this date. You have a glimmer of sunshine, and you know this is this is the moment to not screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with that, <laughs> and with that, that's a, a good place to leave us. We'll hope for, um, we'll hope for the good times to continue to roll. Give me, oh gosh, one one quick pred- uh, one quick prediction for for the game, and then we'll wrap up. Uh keep your Ronto scores. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Oh gosh, now I've got to now I've got to reciprocate. I think my prediction for the game is I haven't heard I think we get a Radulov celebration. He's he's always he's he's been unkind to the wild in my memory. And I think we're overdue for the we're gonna get the sword sheathed. That's I'm I'm calling the the Radulov classic. I love it. That's a, it's my favorite celly. Gotta gotta love it, man. Scoring goals is hard. You should celebrate. None of this, yep. none of this. Act like you've been there before. You should act like it is the first time and last time you will score every time. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. That's a good place to end it. Mark, as always, thank you for your insight. KT, thanks for keeping us on task and on target. Uh, Like it, download it, hit us up on the socials. We're always happy to talk hockey, and we'll see you again next time with Stargazing. 